Stubby, we heard about what happened, so we got you a card. Uh, I talked her out of the ask me about my circumcision bumper sticker. <laughs> we heard about your little loss. We know you'll make it through. Because thankfully, the part they took was of no use to you. <laughs> and though they took more than you'd like, the good luck is, you see, another quarter inch had been a full lobotomy. <laughs> Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a whoop No Man Presents Live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. Welcome back to the Married with Children Podcast. This is Luigi, and today I'm here with Chris Gunther. Hey, Chris, I had to get circumcised once. How did you deal with the pain? I don't know. I was only one day's old. <laughs> and this is Chris here. I'm not in a great mood, so just a small word of warning. Anyone who says what's up goes down. Wasn't funny when the doctor asked it. Wasn't funny when the nurse asked it. Certainly wasn't funny when your mother asked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great stuff. So we're here today to review Season 8, Episode 12, A Little Off the Top. Original air date, December 12, 1993. Al is injured playing football with his friends and ends up in the hospital needing surgery. Due to a mix-up at the hospital, however, Al ends up receiving a circumcision. Special <laughs> guest stars Hill Harper as Aaron, Ron Perkins as the doctor, Mark Clayman as Jay, Terrence Paul Winter as Lee, Don Maxwell as Dad. So the phrase, uh, a little off the top, is what you normally here said inside of a barber shop. So Al gets a haircut of a different kind in this episode. Yeah, this is this is not uh, this is not the type of haircut I want unless I'm like a day old, that's for sure. <laughs> a medical mishap leaves Al half the man he used to be. I don't want anyone talking about this thing. Who would I tell? Hey Stubby. Married with children, part of a full hour Sunday. So let's get started. We open with Peg and Marcy using thigh masters in the living room. God, men are stupid. <laughs> and then there's Al. I can't believe he is really at the park playing football with Aaron and a bunch of college boys. Well, why? He says he's in shape. Oh, please. If Al didn't have to bend over to steal our paper every morning, he wouldn't get any exercise at all. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, in Al's defense, football has always meant a lot to him. In fact, it's the only time he can still go deep. <laughs> Besides, what could go wrong? So, you know, the Thighmaster was a very famous product in the, in the 90s. A lot of that stuff that you get in terms of, uh, you know, home gym equipment. Now, Chris, I know you won home gym equipment on The Price is Right, but sort of like that, there was, there was the one that Charlene Tilton episode, the abdominizer. You know, mm -hmm. There was this comment saying it's like a bunch of stuff that you can buy for like 19.95 that you end up using once and put it in the closet. So yep. uh, this is another one of those. So the Thighmaster was marketed by Suzanne Summers. 
It was originally invented in Sweden by a physical medicine intern, Dr. Anne-Marie Benstrom, as the V-Bar, and it really achieved commercial success under the Thymaster name, who made a lot of money on this. And he also made a lot of money on his own version of the Mood Ring. I guess, you know, that was a 70s thing. So, and his name was Joshua Reynolds, and he is a heir to the uh, R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, very famously, uh, the Thymaster was spoofed on In Living Color. Say, nice legs. Thanks. Some people were born with great legs, others with great minds. I wasn't born with either, so I decided to work on my legs. I used to do aerobics till I dropped. Then I discovered Thymaster. <laughs> Every single time you squeeze the thigh master, it strengthens and tones just where you need it. And if you do it for long enough, you start to feel all tingly. <laughs> but best of all, when your workout's over, thigh master folds for convenient storage. <laughs> but here's where the fun really begins. With your new in-shape thighs, you can do things you never thought possible. Like... Recycling. (laughs) And for you health nuts out there... Your in-shape thighs are great for juicing. (laughs) So squeeze yourself into a happier, healthier you. Honey, I'm home. today and get Suzanne's butt buster absolutely free. Yeah, I remember those uh, thigh master commercials with Suzanne Summers. You know, she was one of the stars in one of my other shows, uh, Three's Company. I don't know if you ever watched oh, that. Oh, but... oh, absolutely. Religiously back in the day. I Obviously in reruns. <laughs> yeah, very, very good show. Uh, John Ritter, you know, I think is a kind of a forgotten great. He actually co-starred on another show with Katie Seagal, if I'm not mistaken. That's he? right. Uh, eight simple rules, right? Yeah, is that for dating what it was? my daughter. That's yeah, right. eight yep. simple rules for dating my daughter, something like that. But uh, yeah, I remember those commercials. But uh, that uh, that's, that that uh, SNL or uh, In Living Color uh, spoof that you mentioned, I had never seen that before. Uh, before last night, I watched it, and it is hilarious. Anyone who listening who hasn't heard it definitely should check it out. <laughs> <laughs> And Living Color did some really great work. I'd say it's like one of those shows that, uh, I mean, it launched the careers of like people like Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez, you know, our, our beloved Jennifer Lopez uh, via Alex. A whole bunch of people were on it. Yep. Very, very politically incorrect. I'd say like it's be one of those shows that probably couldn't be on the air today <laughs> yeah. because, it, because it took Saturday Night, Night, Night Live to an extreme. Yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Jamie Foxx was on that show too. When he was yeah. really young, yeah, there were a ton of people on that show. It was it was hysterical. I was part of that whole Fox lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really like the married with children nut, and I always wanted to watch that. But I will say, when In Living Color was on, uh, that was like sort of my second favorite on those nights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. So Al comes in and he hurt his back. Mrs. Bundy, something's going wrong. <laughs> it's your husband's back. Well, the last time I tell you, I'm fine. I'm fine, I tell you. 
Why is the pain too much? <laughs> no, I see a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> right, get me to the couch. Football is so stupid. Why don't you men do something positive with your free time? Do you know what my women's group and I were doing this morning? <laughs> Having this side up mowed into the hair on their chest? No. Actually, we were at an environmental seminar discussing ways to save the nation's topsoil. And I can see by the back of your neck here that you've already done more than your part. So Marcy says, why don't you men do something positive with your free time? You know, he insults her by saying about the women's group meeting, having this side uh, mowed up in their hair on their chests, right? <laughs> How bad is it, Aaron? Well, we took him to my doctor, and he says all Mr. Bundy needs is a minor operation. They make this little circular incision in his lower back, ease the pressure off his spine, and he's good as new. Good going, crazy legs. Now you need an operation. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm so Aaron says... We took him to a doctor, and he needs a minor operation. They need to make a circular incision on his lower back. Mm -hmm. So I had to look this up. I, I would be remiss if I wasn't doing my uh, podcast research team duties on these episodes. Mm -hmm. The type of surgery that Al would have needed would be lumbar disc surgery. That's what a circular incision would be done. So in other words, if you needed a circular incision, most likely it's for a lumbar disc surgery. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, hope I never have that. You know, you know. Interestingly enough, I was thinking about something you said earlier when, when we uh, when we recorded the Scared Single podcast about uh, you know Al's relationship with Aaron and why maybe it didn't work long term with Aaron. And it was the fact that you know Air, you know Al at this point is in his mid forties, I believe, and Aaron is presumably about eighteen. And I guess it's more apparent in this scene. <laughs> you were totally right. I mean, it's like Al looks like an old man here. At playing with a bunch of high school slash college age kids. And, and that's probably exactly what would happen if a 45-year-old ran around with a bunch of 18-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So Peg's got a really great insult. She says, Fine. Fine for what, Al? Starring in the circus as Bundo the Fiddler Crab Boy? <laughs> Ringing bells in a clock tower somewhere? <laughs> Granted, they're both higher-paying jobs than the one you have now. <laughs> but I would imagine that by the time you get home, you'd want to be fully erect. <laughs> but then again... I, she was cruel. <laughs> so, you know, what I learned was fiddler crabs have humps on their back, I guess. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm making, so. I'm making an assumption here. <laughs> I mean, ringing bells in the clock tower, and that's obvious reference to Quasimodo, a fictional mm -hmm. character and main protagonist of The Hunchback of Notre Dame by Victor Hugo. Mm -hmm. Quasimodo was born with a hunchback and feared by the townspeople as a sort of monster, but he finds sanctuary in an unlikely love that is fulfilled only in death. And obviously that was Notre Dame. And as we know, Notre Dame burned, um, was it last year now or two years ago? 
I think it was, let me see, it would have had to have been last year. So I, I, one thing I was going to add is, interestingly enough, I've never seen that movie, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, okay. but I've been to the Notre Dame Cathedral pre-fire. Yes, yeah, myself so, included. Yeah, so I it would have had to have been last year, 2019, that it burned, because I went in 2018. I went okay. just, a, just about a year before the fire, and... It is absolutely amazing, or it will be amazing once they rebuild it. So if you ever have an opportunity to go, I would definitely go. It's a must-see when you go to Paris. Yeah. You know, I've I've been, you know, I know the guys joked about it before. So, you know, I've been to a lot of European countries. I've seen a lot of churches where you usually find a lot of artwork. The one thing I will say for Notre Dame is that the stained glass is par none. I don't think... I've seen any better stained glass than in that particular cathedral in mm-hmm. all of Europe. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's hope that it does get done. Yep, I hope so too. You know what's interesting is whenever it first burned, there, there was uh, a lot of talk about how they were going to rebuild it because, uh, you know, some of the, the wood uh, and some of the tree, you know, some of the, the wood that was used from specific trees was not even on the European continent anymore and all this stuff. And I just I, I was just reading about a week ago, they're going to do whatever it takes to try to build it exactly the way it was before, whether it means importing the the materials or whatnot. But they're going to try to do what it takes to rebuild it the same as it was before. So, yeah, we hope that gets done soon. And there was a reference uh, just before the Notre Dame reference that Notre Dame, excuse me, <laughs> reference Um uh, Peg says, nice, uh, good going there, Crazy Legs. And that's actually a reference to Elroy Hirsch. Hirsch was a college football halfback at the University of Wisconsin and at the University of Michigan, helping to lead both the 1942 Badgers and the 1943 Wolverines to number three rankings in the final AP polls. His nickname was Crazy Legs for his unusual running style. So again, you know, another like historic reference that they make. I would say for someone like that, I mean, either someone who really knew, knew football or someone who was maybe a little older, maybe like a 50-year-old, I would think, at that time. And I actually, I'm, I'm remiss. I did not uh, say who wrote this episode. Michael Moy. Oh, cool. So, good job, <laughs> Mr. Moy. Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Bundy, our coach taught us some great massage techniques for the back. Yeah, you want to give it a try? Well, I don't mind. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> goes my back again. Uh, could you boys help me home and up the stairs and into my bedroom and out of these uncomfortable clothes? Well, sure. Only if it'll make you feel better. Oh, it will. It will. Uh, do you boys like pina coladas? Marcy says that her back hurts, and... She, it appears that she tries to pull a Mrs. Robinson with Aaron and his two friends that were playing football with Al. Now, Chris, mm-hmm. what did you think of that, that whole scene? I mean, it was, it was smooth and funny. I mean, it's, it's a predictable married with children scene. You know, there's three young studs who say, you know, they know some massage techniques. And, you know, either Marcy or Peg, one of the two, is going to jump up and, and get on it. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt. If... You know, I mean, heck, if Kelly would have been in the room, she probably would have got on it, too. But, <laughs> but you well, know, one, one of the two are going to get on it. 
Yeah, you know, my the only thing with that scene was that Marcy, who's always on top of Jefferson, she's very jealous of Jefferson. It's like, I guess she was willing to have, I guess, what would have been a foursome? <laughs> I, mean, that, that, I mean, that was the implication of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, a lot of credit to Amanda Burst, you know, as, as we know, she's gay. So I mean, yeah. to, to be able to play like a straight female that way, I yeah. mean, hey, more power to yeah, her. She's a very talented actress. It's like, when you look at, and she's a humble actress too. When you look at what she, you know, subjected herself to as far as some of the jokes and stuff over the years, she's a very, very good actress. Al's in the hospital having his circular incision surgery, and Peg is on the phone with Marcy. No, Mars. Men who leave their wives for IHOP waitresses is on Geraldo. <laughs> Al? He's been in surgery for about an hour now. Now, this is funny. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, Geraldo used to be like a, a real investigative reporter. Mm-hmm. And he sort of got into the tabloid space in the late 80s. This is, I think, after the infamous uh, not finding anything in Al Capone's old the haunts. That was a big uh, TV event and flop back in the 80s. So he had a daytime talk show from 1987 until 1998. Mm-hmm. But the Married with Children writers, they spoof, like, or they mention everybody. Oprah, we all know about. You know, Phil Donahue was really a pioneer in that space. Then Oprah, and then there was Geraldo and Ricky Lake, Jenny Jones, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that by the time you get to the end of uh, the whole run of the series, they mention everybody who had been on the air at some point or another. Yeah, I think they even mentioned Richard Bay there towards the end. But Geraldo, uh, I think he's working for Fox News now, isn't he? Because I see him on, uh, yeah, I see you know clips of him on Facebook and such from time to time. So I think he's at least trying to to be serious again. <laughs> he's not doing you know the the tabloid style talk shows. <laughs> yep. So the doctor comes up and gives Peg a prognosis. So anyway. Al just keeps going on about how something bad is going to happen to him. And I say, look, it's a simple operation. What are the odds of something horrible happening to you? Excuse me, Mrs. Bundy, but something horrible has happened to your husband. Uh, Marcy, can I call you back? She says no, and can you speak louder? There is some good news. He's alive. Well, how alive? Can he walk? Can he talk? Will he ever be able to work again? He's a shoe salesman, Mrs. Bundy. (laughs) We could replace his brain with a sock full of popcorn. He would still be able to work again. (laughs) See, this was one of those unfortunate accidents due to simple human error. It seems our surgical team misread your doctor's instructions. It's said to give him a circular incision. Yeah. So how could you misread that? We gave him a circumcision so the doctor says he's a shoe salesman Mr. Bundy we could replace his brain with a sock of popcorn he would still be able to work (laughs) 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 you know what's funny about that it's just further reinforcement that the shoe salesman job is the worst job ever that at least the writers talk about now I believe that I found I figured out where this comes from but we're going to have to wait until season nine for this to be revealed. Oh, okay. But, but I okay. believe, and I've confirmed this with Annabelle, it seems mm-hmm. to be the reason why the Married with Children creators chose shoe salesman as a job for Al Bundy. 
Stay tuned okay. for season nine. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Hey, by the way, I just got to ask you, when was the last time that you personally used a cell, a, a not a cell phone, a payphone? When was the last time? Oof. <laughs> it's probably been at least 15 years, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I'm trying to remember, and, and I remember a time whenever I was, I had just started driving. And, you know, so we're talking early 2000s here, you know, probably, uh, you know, 2002, 2003-ish, somewhere around there. And I had gotten my phone, my, I had got my first cell phone and I got in trouble and I got my phone taken away from me. And anyways, I stopped to use a pay, a, a pay phone <laughs> once. But I mean, we're talking 2002, 2003 time frame. Sure. Because I, I would have been in mid high school at the time. So it's just like, wow, it's, it's amazing how cell phones have changed the world when you think about, you know, this was a, a popular sitcom at this, at this point. And, and, you know, we see the characters using pay phones all throughout. And you saw that on any 90s and 80s sitcom at the time, you know? Of course. You would never see somebody on a show nowadays using a payphone. <laughs> well, you know, what, what's funny about it is if you think it used to be that you used to give people like your home telephone number, right? Mm -hmm. but, but nobody like really picks up the home telephones anymore, right? Nope. Not that I know of. Because all the telemarketers are trying to get your cell phone number because nobody picks up the house phone anymore. If you want to get someone direct, you call their cell phone. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. I, so, you know, I, um, I guess here's my house phone story. I, I bought my, the, the current house I'm in right now, I bought about 11 years ago now. And whenever I bought it, I believe it was Comcast had this triple play deal where you get a house phone cable and the internet and I was like, oh, I'll go for it. Now that I have a house, you know, now that I'm not in apartments anymore, I have a house. I'll, I'll use a house phone. That'll be fun. I got it. And the day I got the house phone, I used the phone once that day and then never again. And probably two or three months later, I canceled the, the house phone portion of it because it was just a waste of money. <laughs> no, it <laughs> but is. But I, I, I literally used the house phone one time. <laughs> and yeah. that was it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort of in the same boat as you, something that, you know, you really don't use anymore. It's like if, if I don't want to waste time, because remember, you know, if you think about it, even with cell phones, it used to be that, you know, you had to have so many minutes per month or go over. Now, now they actually don't care about minutes anymore. It's more about data, like how much data are you downloading? Yeah. And actually a tidbit, because we've been in COVID, the cell phone company's revenue has gone down dramatically because of that, too. The reason is, is that most people are home, so they're usually using their home Wi-Fi. Uh -huh. So you're not using cellular data because you're out and about using your, your smartphone, let's say when you're at the supermarket, because again, it's not as, you're not doing it as frequently. So even their revenue mm -hmm. is down as a result of this. Yep. Yep. I, I think about the only businesses doing well right now are like grocery stores and stuff. <laughs> it would have been pretty cool if you had bought some stock in in uh, national grocery store chains or like Walmart, Target, and stuff like that back in, let's say, February. <laughs> that's right. He'd probably be doing pretty good right now. Oh, that's right. So we find out that Al got a circumcision. This was one of those unfortunate accidents due to simple human error. It seems our surgical team misread your doctor's instructions. It said to give him a circular incision. Yeah. So how could you misread that? We gave him a circumcision. 
Oh, dear. Uh, where is he? That's the other thing. So now we cut to the kids back at the house. Man, just when you thought all the disasters that could happen to Dad have happened to Dad. Yeah, circumcision. We thought he was in a mood when they cut his hair too short. Now we can't even tell him it'll grow back. Can we? Yeah, why not? We lied about his hair. I just hope we got all Dad's magazines. I mean, when Mom called, she said it was very important to get rid of anything that could turn Dad on before he's had a chance to heal. Wow. 30 days without sex. What's that like? 30 days is nothing. I mean, I've gone as... Now, uh, they have this great interchange about uh, what it's like to go 30 days without sex, and Bud is ready to answer, and Kelly gives her that sly smile. And it's funny, like, whenever Kelly's got a great comeback, and I know that, uh, I think it was uh, Alex and Dan had mentioned this, it's like she's, you know, when you see that smile on her face, you know that it's like she has, like, this pure venom that's ready to come out of her mouth, mm-hmm. and she's laughing at it, so um, I appreciated that scene. Yep. <laughs> and they make this one joke about who's on the cover of People. What was that? Yeah! Dad! Dad. I think they're rounding the corner up the street. Hurry up with the magazines. Okay, what about this people? Who's on the cover? It's Ross Perot. Hide it. Dad said that his ears look like tiny hooters. (laughs) Dad is sick. Dude. Dude. I just gotta say, so, uh, first of all, first of all, we all know all right, so let's just say we're supposed to believe that Bud is so desperate that he's going to knowingly pleasure himself to a picture of Ross Perot's ears. <laughs> I mean, yeah. especially when at this point in the show's run, we we already know that he's gotten he's gotten laid at least on what I would call regular occasion at this point uh, by some pretty good looking girls, I would say, you know. Uh, at least by semi-regular occasion, you know, but <laughs> still they go back to the, uh, back to the, uh, you know, tried and true joke. And it's always funny, no matter how many times they do it with Bud. <laughs> That's funny. He puts that, uh, that magazine underneath his shirt, you know, <laughs> well, it goes to oh, show man. he's into some sick stuff. Him and Al. <laughs> oh man. Ross Perot's ears. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So Ross Perot was a presidential candidate in 1992, and he was still part of the national discussion in 1993 when this was shot. Uh, He re-ran for president in 1996, but was not as successful as his 1992 run. Many people say that his third-party run in 1992 is what caused George Herbert Walker Bush the presidency a second term because of the split vote. So that's a little interesting tidbit. He He died last year in July. In July yeah. 2019. I, I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, you know, remember back, I want to say he got like almost 18, 19, 20 percent of the popular vote, which 
for an independent candidate is incredible. He was the second best third-party candidate in American history. First one being Teddy Roosevelt in uh, 1912, his bull moose part, and with his bull moose party, which actually came ahead of the Republican Party that year. That was the election that elected Woodrow Wilson. Mr. Perot was number two. Okay. So now we get a reference to the three small potholes in front of the McGinty's. Okay, where are they now? Uh, they're about to go over the hump at the intersection. <laughs> and now the three small potholes in front of the McGinty's. <laughs> so if Dan Chase is listening, he loved whenever they had mentions of the McGinty's. Uh, McGinty's and the Donnelly's. So there were actually, Chris, a total of nine references to the Ginty-McGinty family in Married with Children. So the first time was in Season 2, Episode 13, and you better watch out. At that point, they were called the Gintys. In Season 3, Episode 22, there's a reference to Old Lady McGinty, and we actually see her on screen. That's when Al does the the Peeping Tom episode. Mm -hmm. So she comes in. In Hot Off the Grill, one of our favorites... Peg says, oh, whoever goes to the McGinty's, please bring me up Dr. Pepper. So they're also mentioned. In Season 5, Episode 25, Buck the Stud, there's a reference to the McGinty's poodle. And uh, in the wedding repercussions, there was a question of, like, you know, who was around when Bud slept with uh, Cousin Jimmy's bride? And it was Jefferson Bud and Old Man McGinty. (laughs) Right. And now in this episode, and there are three more episodes after this, a Bundy Thanksgiving... God help ye marry Bundy men, and then breaking up is easy to do. Mm-hmm. There's one more thing I wanted to mention. When Al is in the car and we hear him off screen, he yells out, Sweet baby James. Hurry up before they get in the driveway. You think mom's going to hit the curb? Nah. Oh, sweet baby James! <laughs> and that's the name of a James Taylor album. Good night, you moonlight ladies. Rock of our sweet baby Jane. Deep greens and blues are the colors I choose. Won't you let me go down in my dreams? And rock of our sweet baby Jane. Yeah, it is. That uh, what you were pointing out there about Old Man McGinty is pretty funny because a lot of times on the podcast we've spoke about different continuities and continuity errors and things like that. That's interesting when you look at like they mentioned, uh, you know, the you know, well the Gintys slash McGintys as far back as uh, season two, and then they were still mentioning them in season eleven. So that's that's kind of cool when you think about it. Yeah, and you know, if if I had the opportunity to like interview. Um, like the creators of the show, I th- I have a feeling that it's got to be an inside joke. There's mm-hmm. got to be somebody Ginty McGinty who like it has to come from somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kelly tells Bud to go down to the basement. Okay, I'm ready. And where should I put him? Uh, in the basement. Okay. Wait a sec. How do you know Dad won't go down here? Because we never fixed the step. <laughs> Uh, but we never fix the step, and he falls down. <laughs> now, it's I think the third step joke has happened a number of times. Anytime that they go down to the basement, they've always talked about fixing that third step. And I don't believe it ever gets fixed until Bud moves down into the basement. 
Yeah, I think you're right. It's one of those jokes, you know, it's like back to the water, back to the back to what's working. And it, it's always funny. And it's one of those that, you know, is about to happen. You know, somebody's about to fall down the stairs, but it's still funny. So Al makes his grand entrance. Al, Mr. Grumpy's home. Just a small word of warning. Anyone who says what's up goes down. Wasn't funny when the doctor asked it. Wasn't funny when the nurse asked it. Certainly wasn't funny when your mother asked it. Then again, I've been asking for years. That you, son? Yeah, Dad. What's up? <laughs> Any other questions? Yeah, so, um, how's your, uh, your back? Fine. Not that they did anything to it, but, uh, for some odd reason, I feel less concerned about it. <laughs> hey. Would you have any idea why I'd feel less concerned about it? I do, I do. Pumpkin? Because you're in so much more pain from the circumcision. Correct. And while we're on that subject, does anyone know why such a wacky thing could have happened to Daddy in the first place? <laughs> Pumpkin. Because mommy made you go to the hospital? <laughs> Close, sweetheart. Mommy married daddy first, then made him go to the hospital. <laughs> ah, son, you've come to just in time. Because here's something really funny. Did you know that daddy's nurse was a fat woman who used to come to his shoe store? <laughs> well, I say, used to because her patronage fell off one day when she came in and asked for something to make her foot look small, and I said, try your ass. <laughs> She remembered, <laughs> and we laughed. Then she picked up a catheter the size of a boa constrictor and charged. <laughs> I, I just think, you know, the the look of pain on his face. Yep. You know, <laughs> I think that's yep. just classic. Yeah. What do you think of that Moo Moo dress, man? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love the joke. It's like, oh, you know, just a sleeve. It was a sleeve of his mother-in-law's uh, Moo Moo. And I already yeah. like, came fumigated. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's pretty good, wasn't it? Now, the, the joke that he makes about the nurse who was a fat woman who used to come to a shoe store because her patron fell. <laughs> she used to because her patron fell off one day because <laughs> she asked for something to make her foot look, foot look small. And I said, try your ass. <laughs> uh, um, Dude, I died. Yeah, he said that you picked up the catheter the size of a boa constrictor and charged. <laughs> and all of a sudden, for just a brief moment in a land far away, there was Abraham, Martin, and Al <laughs> saying if it wasn't for the wife. So then he makes a reference uh, in that. He says, and for a brief moment in a land far away, there was Abraham, Martin, and Al saying that if it wasn't for the wife. So that is a reference to a song, Abraham, Martin, and John. Uh, a 1968 folk song written by Dick Holler and first recorded by Dion. 
is a tribute to the memory of four assassinated Americans, all icons of social change, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., John F. Kennedy, and Robert F. Kennedy. It was written in response to the assassination of King and that of Robert Kennedy in April and June of 1968, respectively. Like I said, we're learning a lot of things on this show, right? Anybody here see my old friend Abraham? Can you tell me where he's gone? He freed a lot of people, but it seemed good they die young. I just looked around and he's gone. Oh, yeah, man. This is an educational podcast. Yeah, you know, and I'd love for the listeners, you know, to comment on these shows. The The magic of Alex... Uh is uh is with us but um i know that i'm always struggling to try to do the show uh as entertaining as alex and we hope we're doing we're doing our best and we hope you enjoy it yeah definitely marcy and jefferson enter hey stubby (laughs) we heard about what happened so we got you a card I talked her out of the ask me about my circumcision bumper sticker. We heard about your little loss. We know you'll make it through. Because thankfully, the part they took was of no use to you. (laughs) And though they took more than you'd like, the good luck is, you see, another quarter inch had been a full lobotomy. So now Al tells the kids to key Marcy's car. Kids, a lesson. Whenever you receive a card like this, it must be answered immediately by a thank you note. So would you please go key one in the side of Marcy's car for Danny? Sure, Dad. Whoa, whoa, now wait a second here. You guys know that Marcy's is the red beamer, right? Come on, what are we doing? We know, we know what's going on. Okay, go to it then. And Jefferson reminds them that Marcy's car is the red beamer. <laughs> Man, it just kills me. Like it, Jefferson and Marcy's relationship. <laughs> I mean, like how many times have we seen Jefferson mock Marcy behind her back and make fun of her behind her back? And then when she looks at him, of course, he, of course he straightens up immediately, you know, and <laughs> he literally points the kids, you know, which – which car is hers? Make sure you key the right car. <laughs> yeah, and you know, a, a note on this is, you know, it's all about the continuity. Again, he had a blue car, which I believe was a blue German car. I'm assuming it was a Beamer that was sold for the England trip. The car was for sexual favors, right? So, oh yeah, that's so right. we're not, so never sure on that. I know, like you know, Alex and I have gone back and forth on that. So it's unclear, but again, you know, we're just trying to make sense out of this universe, <laughs> whether it makes sense or not. Uh, Cranky, huh, old buddy? Well, I know exactly how you feel. I had to get circumcised myself once. How'd you deal with the pain? I don't know. I was only one day old. Besides, in Jewish people, infant circumcision is common in the U.S., not so much in the rest of the world as a matter of practice. You know, I remember reading like it was like a work of fiction many years ago 
and it talked about like an alternate like alternate history and it said like um, if the Nazis had made it to America and like there was like a Nazi spy who had died you know the doctor performing the autopsy and said well this person has to be a European because he's not circumcised because I guess as far back at least as the 1940s and earlier infant circumcision was very common in the US uh, not so much in the rest of the world but Chris, have you ever heard of anyone getting circumcised as an adult? Uh, yeah, I believe there was a there was a, a real life instance of it last year uh, over in England. I think it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, we forgot to mention that that was actually a mistake. This is what I call you know life imitating art. <laughs> yeah, it was a guy who went in for his bladder to be removed. I believe. And uh, somehow there was some sort of screw up, which I don't understand how it happened. <laughs> like, I would think at some point the guy would be like, hey, doctor, you're cutting in the wrong spot of my body. You know, that's that's my private part. That's not my bladder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or that, that's that's my private. Yeah, it's my private part. It's not my bladder. But apparently, you know, I was just reading the story. Apparently the guy ended up getting a settlement of 20,000 pounds, which is roughly the equivalent of. $24,300, which in my book isn't a lot of money for that type of mistake, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, it was just his foreskin, right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, that's that's a pretty big screw up. It says the guy was 70 years old, so I guess he doesn't really need it that much anymore, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I I do know of a few people who had to get circumcisions um, later in life, like not as infants because of, you know, infection issues. So from what I understand, it's not fun. It's very painful. Yeah. You're sort of uh, out of circulation for at least a month. Man, that just, that sounds like a nightmare, honestly, but... <laughs> yeah. So Peg and Marcy have a conversation, and Peg actually tries to make Al a sandwich. Oh, Marcy, I feel just awful about this. The pain he must be in. And it's all my fault. Well, just do what you can to take his mind off it. Well, I do. <laughs> it's just that for some reason, he cannot seem to let go of it. what to do well just give it a few days besides i hear there are some benefits to having a circumcised man they're healthier the sex is better they're less likely Whoa. to <laughs> the sex is better for the woman well, that's all i care about <laughs> go on well they say it lasts longer because the man is uh, less sensitive You're going to have to wait about a month to find out. Hey, with Al, I can do a month standing on my head. Sometimes I have to. Sometimes I like it. Now, you know, as she's chopping that uh, salami, I wonder if it's the, the salami that he kept in the trunk of his car. <laughs> 
you know. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wasn't there two two uh, two pieces of salami yeah. and a loaf of bread too? By yeah, the end of it? that's right, that's right. It was just like <laughs> chopping. I think it was bologna, like you know, sort of chopping it with that um, with that cleaver. Uh, yeah. I thought that was uh, that was a cruel. I mean, like I I was cringing like just watching it on screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, and you know that's a repeat joke. So um, it was done in season two's Buck Can Do It. Well, when they were talking about neutering Buck, so another repeat joke. But I thought that was funny. Marcy mentions to Peg that the sex is better. She says, "Well, it's just for the woman." Well, Peg says, "Well, that's all I care about." <laughs> <laughs> oh man so Al gets tortured by watching television tonight our special report thong bikinis of Rio <laughs> thong bikinis of Hawaii thong bikinis of the Caribbean <laughs> sweeps man gotta be something on it's dull and boring Tonight on National Geographic, stalking the wily prairie dog. Mm, that's better. But first, thong bikinis of the Serengeti. Good one. <laughs> it sweeps month. It's like, you know, just life, you know, the world just wants to take a dump on Al. I mean, you know, the, the, the amount of sympathy you feel for the poor guy, it's like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. What? Whatever. I, I, that's one of the funniest themes of the show that never ever stops being funny is whatever's going on in Al's life, whatever it may be. He can turn on his television, and there's going to be a, a show, a movie, or something making fun of that particular theme in his life. It's so funny, and it, it's so well delivered, and it, it always works, man. Always. So we find out that Peg overheard a couple having sex while she went to bingo. Hi, honey. I'm sorry I'm late, but bingo was just a madhouse tonight. So, uh, how's it going? Horrible, Peg. Everything I see or hear is about sex. Oh, Al, that's just your imagination. There's plenty of other things going on. Mm. No. Tell me about bingo. Well... We overheard this couple going at it in the bathroom. I don't know how they thought they could get away with it. I mean, you could hear her a whole block away. Oh, Al! His name was Al, too. Oh, Al! On and on. What was that sound? A stitch. <laughs> Time to get this couch reupholstered. And the irony here is that Al, who never wants to have sex with Peg, actually now does want to because he does. He's not able to. And like, like, think of the. I mean, like to me, like that. That's the joke, Chris. Like you know, it's like when you, when you, when you have the ability to have something, you take it for granted. But when you don't have it, that's all you want to do. Yep, right. definitely. And to me, the funniest part of that whole joke was whenever she was describing the couple, and she's like, oh, Al! And she's like, well, well his name was Al, too. I was like, what are the odds of that? Right. What are the odds of her overhearing a couple, yeah. having sex, and just by pure chance, his name was Al, too? Yeah. And the, the lady's like, oh, Al! Like, <laughs> yeah, and you, and you hear that, you know, and you hear that that uh, that stitch, you know. <laughs> it's, like, ding. Yeah. it's like, what was that? A stitch. <laughs> 
So now we have the big reveal, and Bag to the Bone starts to play. Well, I don't like this, Marcy. He's been in the garage past a month now, and I still can't get him to come out. I mean, suppose something went wrong. He was really starting to like those moo-moos. <laughs> yeah, well, suppose he's all well, and he just doesn't want me anymore. <laughs> last longer <laughs> and the best part is I didn't feel a thing yeah I love it I, I'm trying to remember how many times have we heard bad to the bone we, we've heard it whenever he was when he was eat, when he was you know eating the you know the burritos and stuff to give himself diarrhea to get his bathroom back we heard it during the England show when he was putting on you know getting dressed to go joust Igor um, what we, we heard it when he, when he was getting prepared to cook, uh, you know, whenever he was going out to, uh, on the, the barbecue episode, how many other times have we heard the bad to the bone song? Um, yeah. Am I missing one? No, I, I, th I think you got them. It's going to, I'm going to say at least four or five times this being okay. like the fourth or fifth time. I mean, it's, it makes you wonder, uh, because you know, like in the television show, you have to pay for the music, mm -hmm. right? So <laughs> they, I guess either either somebody really liked the song. I mean, it works perfectly. Oh yeah. Or they've already paid for it. And they don't have to pay for it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know how yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it comes down to the bottom line. You know, maybe the maybe the producers or you know, uh, you know Moyer led it and wanted a new song, but uh, you know Fox said, hey, you know, you can. They contacted. You know the the maker of whatever song they had in mind, but the maker saying, "Hey, that's going to be five hundred grand to to get that song or whatever." You know, and they're like, "Nah, it's just too much money." <laughs> so it makes sense. Your theory makes sense. Like I said, you guys don't don't take my word for it, right? <laughs> for the fans of the show, like you know, do do your research. But um, you know, we seem to. I think, and if I'm not mistaken, this might be one of the last times we hear "Bad to the Bone." You know, I, I'm I'm str struggling trying to think like if it's played in later in these later seasons, but I'd say this is like probably one of the last times, because usually it's it it has to do with Al having sex with Peg. Yeah, yeah, I I can't think of one off the top of my head. There's not one that pops in my mind. Oh, you know what? Uh, well, I was thinking of the training montage where he's working out in the basement, but that's not bad to the bone, is it? No, that was okay. uh, that was the fabulous Thunderbirds, if I remember okay. correctly. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. So yeah, this this I think this might be the last one. So, 
Alan Pegg has sex. Al comes down and he puts his hands uh, down his robe. These, this, is a, this scene is actually used as the is season nine opening credit going forward. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so when, when we start watching season nine, that will be the opening credit. Yeah, that's a cool tidbit of information. I like that. So this went quick, huh, Chris? Yeah, it did seem like it went quick, didn't it? For some reason. It didn't really have much of a B-plot. The only B-plot it really had was that interchange between uh, Bud and Kelly. Otherwise, you spent the entire episode focused on Alan and circumcision. <laughs> yeah, you sure did, didn't you? I mean, but for me, like you know, like you mentioned, Chris, it's like I think the the funny part is, you know, where uh, recently, like I said, you know, life has imitated art. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, for something yep. that seems so outlandish, it's like how can somebody screw up and give somebody a circumcision? And it actually happened. Yeah, that's just like to me. It's hard to imagine a doctor making that mistake. Although, I mean. There have been instances in real life of, of, you know, people needing to go in to get a leg, you know, their left leg amputated and the doctor, uh, you know, amputates the right one by mistake. So, I mean, doctors are humans, too. You know, <laughs> that's a crazy outlandish thing to do, but it can happen. Yeah. So that's something we need to recognize as as humans. Like everyone makes mistakes. But like I said, it seems that Al has this dark cloud that always hangs over him. And, you know, whatever the worst thing that could possibly happen always happens to him. And that's what I think makes it so endearing to us. Just to see how does he how does he react to that? Yep. It's the it's the Bundy curse. Uh, old uh, Seamus McBundy never should have uh, insulted that witch uh, way back in the day. Remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, at the end of that, you know, so I was on that episode with Alex, Dan, and Jamie. You know, the point that I made at that episode was, you know, if there is a Bundy curse, and, you know, and they, that, the, that entire trilogy of episodes was about the Bundy curse, when he broke the curse and he came back, you know, shouldn't have, all of that had changed, right? Like, in other words, now should, he shouldn't be a loser because he defeated the witch. He shouldn't have fat women only coming to the store, right? Like yeah, all that's true. all that stuff should have happened theoretically, but you know we we get back to the same old, same old. I mean, sort of like <laughs> what happened with um, uh, you and I uh, did that proud to be your bud episode, right? Mm-hmm. It's like he merged with his cool alter ego, so theoretically he should be quote unquote cool now. But you know, the following episode, he's back to where he always was. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I mean, you know, just since we're talking about the England England show, it, technically at the end of that trilogy. Al was left hanging there uh, with that old man, remember, for stealing, yeah. uh, what was it, hotel towels, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken? Um, Something yeah, like that. that's right, from the Savoy, a towel from the Savoy. Yeah, a towel from the Savoy, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> uh, how did he even get back to the U.S.? How did he get out of prison? <laughs> that's right. You know? <laughs> No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Okay, so let's wrap this up. So, Chris, how many stitches do you give this episode? 
I am going to give this episode four stitches out of five. I thought it was a funny episode. I really liked it. Uh, it's it's not great, but it's very funny. Uh, I think the way it could have been a little bit better would be if it had a stronger B plot. But uh, this is a me- definitely a memorable episode. I mean, you can reference this episode to any Married with Children fan. You can just simply say the circumcision episode, and any Married with Children fan is going to know exactly what episode you're talking about. So I give it a four out of five. Great rating. I'm going to give it three and a half. So we're going to hear that little ping <laughs> after the okay. three. Um, I'm of the same opinion as you. Again, I think it was a very weak B-plot. They could have done a little bit more there. I thought the premise was funny. I mean, I think it was realistic. This is, I think, one of the last episodes that we see Aaron in. So this experiment with Aaron is, um, you know, has come to an end. And I think, as we said before, like, it doesn't really... It's a, He's a great character to have, but he's not really someone who works well in Al's ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah, and your point was 100% correct. And I... And I a lot of times I had wondered what exactly happened to Aaron because I liked him. I thought he was a good character, but you hit the nail right on the head, I think, when you said, look, Aaron and Al in real life probably wouldn't be good friends because Al's a guy in his mid-40s and Aaron's presumably about 18, maybe 19 at the oldest. So, you know, and, and then, you know, later on we get Dexter and Griff and ultimately Griff was the absolute perfect partner for Al. Right. And... No, I, I guess I guess he's still around. Now, you know what? I, I think he's still around for a few more episodes. Probably the rest of the other teams will cover it. But I just feel like he, like I said, he, he wasn't the right character. And, but, you know, we have the Nomammers who show up now. Soon we will see Nomam in action when uh, we have the breastfeeding episode. I think that's uh, coming up in the future. So we're, we're going to get there. I'd say like, you know, the the second half of Married with Children or really like the, the part of Married with Children that a lot of people like the the lifestyle, of, you know, the no ma'am lifestyle. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. That's that now is this is the era where all that stuff comes in. And you know, interesting, we've been waiting for this for, you know, almost eight seasons now. And mm-hmm. now we're now as we. We're midway through season eight. You know, by the mm-hmm. time we get to season nine, all those elements come into play. So I'm looking forward to reviewing that when we get there. All right, I said I was going, and I'm going. But let me tell you something. I'm not going to just disappear. You'll see me again. Wherever a fat woman shoves a smelly foot <laughs> in front of some poor guy's face, I'll be there. And now... The last word on this episode. Calling in from his two-thirds acre retirement property on Lake Chickamacomico that the government hasn't yet padlocked, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the creator and executive producer of the Married with Children podcast, Mr. Alex Edwards. All right, yeah, let's talk about a little off the top. But before I do, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody tomorrow. I know a lot of you are not going to be getting together as per usual, but um, this Thanksgiving I'll reflect on the fact that I'm, I'm very thankful that I got to host 158 episodes of this great podcast. I'm thankful of what it brought into my life, the community, the people who have so much 
passion and dedication to continue the show after the three of us couldn't do it anymore. But doing the first 158, well, I guess somewhere in the 160s if you include all the bonus shows and wrap-up shows that were not on the uh, regular feed. So 160-plus shows, it was a great time. And again, just thankful for the community that was built because of it. And thankful for Married with Children because it deserved a podcast like this. So to get into this episode, Al should be thankful that football is the only way he can go deep anymore. (laughs) Al gets injured playing football with the guys, and there's Aaron. So there you go. I think there's a really good reason I didn't remember he ever came back. Here's one example that I would never remember. (laughs) Wow, Marcy's going to get the boys to her house to bring her upstairs in her bedroom, take her clothes off, massage her back, and get liquored up. I mean, where is this going? She has no respect for Jefferson, does she? The greatest line. He's a shoe salesman, Miss Bundy. We can replace his brain with a sock full of popcorn and he'd still be able to work. I've used that line so many times I cannot even uh, begin to tell you. I think I've used it on this podcast at one point. I, I referred to Al. I think something about... I think I just made this exact joke about Al hoping that all the hardcore fans would remember that line, you know, and know that it's coming up and knew what I was doing when I said that. Kelly has never gone a full 30 days without sex. Wow. Interesting little uh, tidbit there. Al wearing grandma's moo-moo. Well, just her sleeve. That's all he needed. (laughs) He was able to become a whole moo-moo. Everybody remembers when Homer Simpson wore moo-moo when he got so fat that he couldn't work anymore on purpose so he can go on disability. So two TV dad, legendary TV dads, uh, wore a muumu. Al will last longer because he is less sensitive down there. So he'll last longer in bed. This should be interesting. Al popped a stitch and then suddenly he gets turned on to Peg now that he's actually looking at her. That's pretty interesting. Bad to the bone is back, man. It's been a month since the surgery and Al Bundy is ready for sex. He's still a quick draw, though. I mean, I don't think he got any less sensitive, though he claims the opposite. He says he did last longer, and I I don't, I don't see, I don't know. I must have missed something. (laughs) Yeah, this episode is one of those, you know, under the radar, yet solid episodes. A really great premise, a mix-up at the hospital. They did that with Marge Simpson, too, where she got uh, breast implants. That's a thing. Um, Not amazing, I wasn't, like, laughing out loud or anything, but, yeah, solid episode, 3.5 out of 5. Popped stitches. There's something I'm making up for this. You know, something that would have popped all my stitches, uh, I guess Al's thankful that this didn't happen in his time. Did you guys see the, the post Jennifer Lopez made? Oh, my God. On November 24th, she did a teaser for her new video, In the Morning. Yeah, talk about in the morning wood. I mean, God, you got to look at this picture. She's basically naked, guys. Whew, just look that up. (laughs) Video comes out Friday, the full video or something, the song. I don't know, but oh my God, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for J-Lo. Happy Thanksgiving. That's Al, folks. Okay, but Chris, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. It's been wonderful getting to know you. Really enjoying doing these recordings with you. So we're just going to continue forward. And as I said before, I'm really looking forward to any feedback from the Married with Children Facebook page in terms of how we're doing, some things we could be doing or 
We're always up for constructive criticism, so we really appreciate it. And we really appreciate you listening. So next week, the Australia team will be reviewing The Worst Noel. On Christmas Eve, Kelly and Bud try to sneak in a jukebox to give to their parents who spend the entire show sitting in front of their TV set arguing with each other over the proper speed for channel switching. Also, Marcy and Jefferson throw a wild Christmas party next door and do not tell Al about it. So thank you, and remember, tune in next week. Same Bundy time, same Bundy channel.